Good evening and welcome back to another episode of Please Call Me Crazy, brought to you by Free People Radio and powered by our favorite sponsor, TireGit.com. That's TireGit.com. You have to buy tires from somebody. You might as well buy them from us and help fund the movement, help support the movement. We believe in the freedom of movement, and that's exactly what the establishment wants to take from you now. I am your host, Royce White, here in the belly of the beast, Minneapolis, Minnesota. For episode 106, I believe, I want to say it's episode 106. I'm not 100% positive about that. Please feel free in the comments or in the live chat to, to, to correct me about the episode number of my own podcast. I would appreciate it. Uh, I believe it's episode 106. I'm sure Tanner will get the right episode number up by the time we air the podcast. The day is Monday, October the 2nd, year of our Lord, 2023. Let's get rolling. Uniparty, uniparty, uniparty. You got to say it three times like Beetlejuice because it's old, it's decrepit, and no matter what you do, it just doesn't seem to die. Big, big controversy this week and in the last couple of weeks regarding the, the, the CR bill there in D.C. And, uh, you know, Kevin McCarthy rises to the occasion as usual, kicks the can, kicks the, you know, kicks the can down the road for the uniparty gets up there and hugs Hakeem Jeffries like they both got booties in their pants. Um, you know, these people are are horrifying. And then, you know, it, it's we're going to talk a little bit about this entire economic scam that's being run because you know this is my line of country. This is my wheelhouse. This is the this is what I love to 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 try and help people understand. And we're going to go we're going to go deep. We're going to go deep today cuz this is a this is a very sophisticated yet simple scam that's being run on the American people and really free people all over the world. It is the root of the scam. I mean, money is the root of all evil. It's a profound and prophetic statement uh, for a number of reasons, but but certainly when we're talking about global politics, it, it is uh, right up there near the top and and uh, what you could call colloquialisms that, that fit for today, uh, for the time. So we're going to go deep into this, but I just want to say on the front end of this, Matt Gates is an American hero. What a hitter. What a hitter. You know, standing up there in DC on a continual basis and 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 representing the the interests of the American people and, and the nation as a whole, uh, despite all of the naysayers and despite being surrounded by a, a just a, a, a endless, endless pit and swamp of corrupt crony puppets. Crony corrupt puppet politicians. Now, in this particular vote, at least there's 96 patriots that stood up next to him and said, enough is enough. This is out of control. 126 traitors. 126 traitors in the, uh, the, the old, the good old, the grand old party, the good old Republican party. And this is, you know, this is civil war. Civil war in the Republican party. And that's just how we, we want it. Um, you know, ideally, we would like to have uh, unity in the Republican Party, but only under uh, only under uh, genuine auspices, not under false pretenses, not to kick the can, not to preserve a corrupt status quo. If there's unity in the Republican Party, for the Republican Party to stand as a party of the people and as a party of God, for sure. Blessed is the peacemaker. We love unity. There's nothing. There's nothing better than when human beings can get together and have peace and order. We would love that. But right now, we don't have that type of accord. Right now, we don't have those type of people involved in these processes. 
And so these 98 Patriots and Patriots will continue to get elected to the House and stand up against this corruption. And it is corruption. And I want to say thank you to those 98, 98 Patriots who voted nay on this bill, on this continuance bill. And I want to say thank you to Matt Gates for continuing to stand up. And he even went into the belly of the beast on CNN with, uh, I think he was with, uh, I want to say, Jake Tapper, um, Jake the Snake Tapper, Jake the Snake Tap Dance, Tap Dancer, uh, and, and handled himself brilliantly. I think I'm going to repost the, the clip of it. I think I already did retweet the clip of it on, on, uh, on my Twitter page. So if you haven't got a chance to see Matt Gates in the, in the belly of the beast there on CNN, please make sure to go to my Twitter or YouTube it if you want. You don't have to come see it at, on my social media. I just want you to see it. Because uh, he, he, he broke it down beautifully. And, he, you know, he did it in a way where everybody can understand in the short amount of time that he had uh, there on CNN. And anytime you're on any of these national um, any of these national media outlets, there's always this invisible clock. We all know that the time is running out, that you're on the clock. You don't know how much it is. They don't tell you how much it is. And it sort of creates that you know, unspoken tension. And, and with all of that being said, he did a beautiful job. So make sure that you go watch that. But today I want to get into the scam. And this is an economic Ponzi scheme of the highest order. I mean, it, it, this is the heart of the whole issue. It really is. And, and you, you know, you see me on Whitlock a lot. You see me on Bannon a lot. You see me on uh, uh, Alex Jones and Infowars a lot. And, and I, I try and stress to people that the economic Ponzi scheme is the linchpin, is the cornerstone of the entire New World Order. And this bill and the fight, the controversy around this bill, really starts to show how it's the linchpin. I mean, it really, it really highlights the, the economic Ponzi scheme for the cornerstone that it is. And you see this coalescing of the Uniparty around kicking the can down the road and, and preserving uh, the, uh, the government, uh, but, but more importantly, the size of the government. Now, later on tonight or tomorrow, you'll, you'll, you'll see a, an open letter from me to the, to the United States Congress regarding Matt Gates and this entire controversy. Uh, so if you, if you haven't already, please go subscribe to my Substack. I think it's RoyceWhite.Substack.com, and you can read the Substack for free. And we appreciate any donations or pledges. You can make your pledges if you feel like you would, uh, you would pay to see the content or, or to read the Substack on a monthly basis. Uh, that's much greatly appreciated. I have plenty of people make pledges all the time. And, and in the email, when you, get a, when you get a person who makes a pledge, which, again, we really appreciate, it's still astonishing to me that people would even want to pledge money to, to uh, you know, read, read my thoughts. Um, it, it really is an honor. It's flattering, to say the least. Um, but, but when I get the emails, it always says, turn on your payments. Like, do you want to turn on payments? Because I haven't even thought about that yet. I mean, I'm just... We're just now starting to get all of the business tied down um, and the machine built, um, the multitude of machines built so we can make a 100-yard a dash in the Senate campaign, but then beyond uh, when it comes to staying involved in politics and really building a business, not building a business out of politics, but building a business that is a part of the patriot economy, the alternative economy, the, the, uh, the, uh, the parallel economy. Uh, whatever you 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 want to call it out there, <clears throat> patriot economy sounds sounds fine with me, but but parallel and eco uh, economy and and alternative economy are fine too. Uh, but but we want to start to build businesses. At least I want to build businesses that um, service that effort. And when I was coming up, I always had the dreams or aspiration of being a serial entrepreneur. I'm very creative in that way. I have a creative mind. 
Uh, and, and I think all people who are creative sort of tend to want to be their own, their own boss. They want to, they want to create things and, and, you know, it's, it's just as satisfying to create things as it is to, to make money from creating things or to make money from working a job. Uh, there's, there's a level of fulfillment that comes from that, especially as a bonus, if it helps people. And, and at this dire stage in, in our nation's history, if it can help save the country or help bolster uh, a, a, a new sort of thinking and culture <clears throat> around economy itself uh, that, that is in service to the greater good of the American people and, and the nation as a whole. So RoyceWhite.Substack.com, be looking for the, the, uh, the, the latest open letter to the Congress. Over the weekend, I think it was either Friday or Thursday, we published my last Substack piece, Planet Lockdown. And I just talked about the, the prospect of, of having another lockdown. I mean, we all know lockdowns are coming again. And I think the deep state and the security state and the globalists are, are right there. They're right there at the thermometer, keeping a, a, a very close watch on the temperature of things and when, and, and when they could, if at all, um, go back to lockdown status. And, and, and the event they can't, it's not beyond me and it shouldn't beyond, be beyond you. It shouldn't, it shouldn't, you shouldn't put it past them to manufacture the crisis to put us back in lockdown status. Obviously for people who are power hungry and corrupt, which many of us all agree, a lot of these people are, at least on any given day where people are having a sane and rational conversation, a lot of people would agree that, that some of these individuals at least are, are corrupt uh, in their, in their, in their uh, politics. Um, manufacturing the crisis that would, that would justify a return to lockdown status is within the scope of reason. And so we should be vigilant um, as well. And so that was my last substack. This substack, the letter to the Congress, is just to talk about this economic scheme, and I want to talk about it right now. I want to get right into it. It, it is abhorrent what the Congress has, has become and what the Congress continues to do, and the Senate as well, for that matter. That's why I'm running for United States Senate against Amy Klobuchar, who over the weekend, by the way, I saw a tweet that said she was in favor of kicking the can down the road alongside Kevin McCarthy, uniparty, uniparty, uniparty. And she made sure to go out of her way to, to, to mention that her, her support for Ukraine is unwavering and that the next step after this bill is to find... <laughs> find a way to do a deal and resolution that, that, that um, continues, expands, uh, improves, uh, substantiates uh, Ukraine support until uh, Ukraine is restored to its, its uh, previous, previous uh, fullness, all right? Basically, until Russia is defeated. Let's just say that. Amy Klobuchar said on her Twitter, she has the audacity to say these things in public. And I just, I just think to myself sometimes, who in the world is reading this and, thinking, and thinks this woman is sane? I mean, the, the narrative has gotten so crazy. There are people out there who are actually pro-war. And by way of, I guess you could say that they're pro-nuclear war. I mean, we're on the verge of nuclear war. And now I posited before that maybe Russia's in on it. Maybe Russia and China and America are all part of a much bigger scheme to, to, to false flag world war as a pretense to justify global governance. Possible. It is possible. 
maybe Russian, maybe maybe America and China are in on that, and Russia isn't. They're the oddball out. Maybe America has this plan all on their own. Maybe Russia has that plan all on their own. Maybe China and Russia are together on the plan. I don't know. I don't know. These things I can't be so certain of. I know the history. But you got three players who have as much to gain with conspiring with the other people in that jump ball as they do to work alone. And we see that. We see the collaboration between Russia and China. We see the collaboration between China and America, obviously. And in in some cases, like I pointed out on my last podcast, we see the collaboration of of Russia and and the United States in certain space, space initiatives. So, I mean, there are a lot of players. You got the Saudis and, and you know, you know, you got you got the African Union now that's going to make a play on things. And you know, India's still there as a huge, huge player in the whole matter. And, and you can't forget uh, old, old unfaithful, uh, the, the great party of Davos there and then the, the European Finocchios and globalists. Uh, they're, they're probably the ones in all actuality pulling all the strings and, and all the levers of power at once, they're coordinated enough to do so. And certainly they're sort of uh, Darwinian uh, globalist business model shows us a history where they're completely willing to play politics in that, in that, sort, of, uh, in that sort of format. Shell games. Right? Great Britain was great at, at, at shell games, was great at smoke screens, was great at pitting people against one another. This was their their calling card in modus operandi in, 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 the, uh, in the post-enlightenment era. Um, so, I'm sorry, I go off on those tangents to try and just illuminate how I think about these things. But ultimately, this is the, the, the entire scam. I mean, it is the entire scam. Look, there's a financial crisis. We all know what it is. And if you don't know, you need to be brought up to speed. You need to catch up pretty quick. We are $33 trillion in debt as a country. Every time we pass a bill, every time we pass a budget, every time we, we print money out of thin air, we are effectively and in theory putting our children, our great-grandchildren, and our great-great-grandchildren further in debt. And that debt is a real number, a real number attached to a Fugazi system. And that's, that's kind of what I want to talk about today, right? I mean, I think what the Unipart, and, and this, is the, this is the real scam, because some of the people in the Congress, if you know what I know, because I ran for Congress, um, some of the people in the Congress don't know their, their, their mouth from their asshole. I mean, they really just aren't that intelligent. They're not, they're not smart people. And I'm not saying you have to be super intelligent or have a high IQ or, or be a really, really intelligent, uh, smart person uh, to represent the people. In fact, I think we have an, an over-credentialization problem in this country. Every time somebody steps up to run for office, everybody goes, well, what are your qualifications? I mean, the only qualification we should, we should, really, <laughs> we should really place a priority, a prioritize or place a premium on in, in this day and age is are they honest? Are they honest and are they willing to die for the things they believe in? Are they willing to even lose any form of convenience for the things they believe in. I mean, those, that's how basic we should be looking for leadership at this point. But, but a lot of these people aren't, aren't extremely intelligent. And, he, and, and because of that, um, some of them, uh, an unknown amount of them, are, are easy to co-opt. Uh, not only are they easy to co-opt, just the, the, the breadth 
uh, the gravity of, of the Uniparty in D.C. politics itself swallows a lot of people up. And when you get there, you know, you'll have your veterans or people who come to you and say, look, this is how D.C. really works. There's how you run a, run in campaigns for elections. And then once you're elected, this is how D.C. actually works. And in that, I, I already know what's being said because it was said to me preemptively. But when I, but when I ran for Congress myself is, you know, you get to D.C. and you got to do deals. You got to cut deals. You got to be able to to be able to, you know, uh, bring people together. The best thing you could be is moderate. The best thing you could be is a centrist. The, the center of the aisle is where all the power is and blah, 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 fucking blah. Right. And Matt Gates is obviously comfortable being considered radical and extreme. In fact, the mainstream media industrial complex has described him as such in the last couple of weeks, which which I think is a complete sign that Matt Gates is doing the right thing and knocking on the right doors, kicking kicking the right doors. Um, and he should wear it as a badge of honor. Now, again, this is the entire scam. Kick the can down the road, and I guess you could say, you could argue that the Uniparty's view of it is, which is, which is a, a, a sort of utilitarian view of it, a, a view of it that's not wrong, it's just bad, right? I mean, the whole thing about economies and budget setting is trying to predict the future, in, in effect. Uh, and in my letter, I, I try and describe the system of money, because before you can understand this bill and the controversy around budgets and spending on a national or geopolitical level, you have to understand the basic concept of money. I mean, money itself. And I'm not going to concede that... It, any good portion of the people in the United States Congress understand the basic concept of money, let alone have the, the moral courage and, and fortitude to fight against the power of money there in D.C. from lobbyists and other special interest groups. But you kind of need to understand the basic concept of money to have this conversation about the, the bill and the spending and the budget. And, and to break it down and, and put it in, in uh, time-constrained terms, I mean, you can really think of money as um, the monetization of, of mankind's ability to predict the future, right? Um, to predict, uh, to, to, to coordinate uh, human energy, right? Uh, I think that's, that's kind of how I put it in the, in the letter to the Congress. I mean, the whole, the whole system of money is to say, we know that humans are capable of this, this much output, this much GDP, uh, you know, the, whole, the, the list goes on and on. These sort of economic terms that, that really uh, try to create a, a, or paint a picture of, of mankind's ambition, mankind's plans, mankind's ability to, to be productive, right? To, and the, the ability to coordinate human energy as a commodity to, to sort of be able to predict that, that productivity. Um, and so that, you know, that's kind of like the basic concept of what money is. And, and in that way, you can see how, how scandalous this entire economic Ponzi scheme really is. Because in effect, what the Uniparty is saying when they say, hey, lay, let, let's kick the can, let's kick the can down the road, or, or let's sign another 10, 15, 20 billion to the U Ukraine, or let's, you know, let's uh, let's pass some other crazy climate initiative that's going to hurt uh, the America, the American economy, the manufacturing base, the, the consumer base, uh, 
so on and so forth. Let, let, you know, all of these things, all of these things that we end up doing, the Fed, you know, just as a general prim, let's bail out Wall Street. I mean, just moral hazard of, of the umpteenth degree. And I guess, in effect, what the Uniparty is saying is, yeah, we can continue to kick the can as long as we want to because the international monetary agencies and our own Federal Reserve uh, that, that backstop our Congress, uh, you know, uh, our House of Representatives and the Senate uh, and, and our entire government, the, the U.S. Treasury in general, um, those institutions can, can continue the scam in perpetuity because the money itself is not a real deal. I mean, the whole point of fiat currency, okay, fiat currency in effect means it's not real. I mean, you know, we're trading uh, the value of, of human beings as commodities and human energy for, for goods and services and, 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 you know, nations and governments and safety, security. I mean, all of these things that, that you know, are, are real. Uh, the money is not really real. It's a means to trade. It's a means to, to deal in a, in, a, in a way, in a format that can allow people to do business and essentially loan, mo loan money. I mean, that's really what we're talking about. We have a global debt system. We have a global debt society. That's what we have. And what the Uniparty has gotten smart or wise to, and what many people, many, many of our elites around the world have gotten wise to, is that if the American people or free people all around the world believe in the fiat currency, if they're bought into the fiat currency, if they buy the narrative, then they can continue to aggregate resources and wealth up the pyramid. I mean, at that level, it's really, really basic gangster mafioso type of shit. Money goes uphill, shit goes down. And look at all the shit that's sliding downhill on you. These international agencies will continue to backstop the deal. So the Uniparty says, well, hey, I mean, let's just keep let's just keep the party a lot. Let's keep the party going. I mean, what and, and when they come together on the floor, I mean, this is a telltale sign. When they come together on the floor with those, with those decrepit, horrifying smiles and and kind of, you know, there's there's kind of like this giggly theater that's happening there in DC, where if you really take a step back and watch it, you know, disconnected, disconnect from it and 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 think about it outside of the context of the drama that's built in the media, and you just watch them. Like, for example, if there's any more proceedings, all you have to do when they break and they start to move around is turn the volume off. Don't listen to what's being said. Don't watch it on CNN and MSNBC or, or, or Fox News and have them tell you what you're watching. Just, just hit mute and watch their mannerisms. Watch the mannerisms of the people as they interact on the floor. It's so disingenuous, it makes me sick. I mean, it almost makes my skin crawl. It kind of makes me not even want to be there if it wasn't for the fact that the place was so riddled with corruption and we need patriots and, and truth tellers and truth seekers to be our representatives. I wouldn't want to be anywhere around these people. I mean, you need to take a shower after you talk to these people. It's that bad. But we have those people in our own in-state politics as well. I mean, these people are dirty, dirty people. Their minds are dirty. Their, their morals are broken. These people do not have souls, a lot of them. And it shows. I mean, it shows. Like when Hakeem Jeffries and McCarthy came together and, and hugged, I mean, that's about as 
horrendous a scene, an image as you can possibly imagine as an American citizen. I mean, you could have just literally took the image right off of the screen and posted it all around the internet and said, here was the death of America. Now, hopefully we have time to save the Republic and it won't be, which is why I'm here explaining the scam. But that's the Uniparty's view of the thing. That's how they, that's how they view the issue uh, of spending. We can keep the party going. We can keep the party going as long as we want. We, we, we print the money. We print the money. We built the economic system the way it is. We built it back after World War II. Bretton Woods Conference has been the dominant, uh, you know, global monetary system and policy for, for many, many decades. We built it. We know how it functions. We know how the regular people, the common man, the working man, we know how free people all around the world believe in the system, have faith in the system. Keep the party going. Who are these radicals and extremists that want to change things? Why would we want to change being able to get elected to Congress or the Senate and go from having $100,000 to $50 million net worth like Amy Klobuchar? Why would we want to change that? Right. I mean, it really starts to illustrate how, how sold out the American people really are by their elected officials. It really does start to show you. It almost, it almost makes me sick. I'm trying to keep it lighthearted so that people can, can access this because I, I often find myself on, on, uh, on Monday mornings after all the crazy shit that happens on the weekends just going off. I don't want to yell at you every time we get on the podcast here. And I think this is too complicated, too sophisticated to really yell my way through. Um, so that's the Uniparty's deal. And what Matt Gates is standing up saying, and, and I think it's honorable to say, is, hey, there's a, there's a downside to this. And the downside is hard to see when you're wrapped up in radical materialism, when you're getting the immediate benefits of the Ponzi scheme. And the Ponzi scheme is meant to give ordinary American people, uh, uh, to give them the sense of prosperity. That's why they try and highlight all of the government programs and things that America offers its citizens uh, in the wake of these, these debates and these disputes about spending. They're telling you <laughs> your life is great. You know, the country isn't perfect. We need more money to solve more issues. But overall, your life is pretty good, and we wouldn't dare want to shut the government down because that would effectively destroy you. It would destroy us, the, the politicians, the government. But it would destroy you in short order. And that kind of is their, their pitch, right? And what Matt Gates is saying, that, hey, there's a huge downside, and the downside is this. When you have a debt society, there are two all but near, there, there are two um, nearly inevitable outcomes. When you live in a debt society, there are two main nearly inevitable outcomes. And I say nearly because there's always a chance, but nearly inevitable. Nations go into debt, nations accrue obscene amounts of debt. So much debt that the, stable, the, 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 the stability of their economy and thus their nation and the power of their elites or their elected officials or kings or monarchs or dictators or whoever it is, the stability or the instability of their economy grows to a level where the distrust uh, it starts to fester with other nations, even nations that are in collaboration or uh, uh, allied, right? 
not to mention the distrust that grows between them and their enemies, those nations and their enemies, or those leaders and their, their enemies' leaders, the, you know, other nations, or enemy nations' leaders. And so the distrust gets to a place where people start to view uh, the overall health and, and status of their nation as a, a dire and urgent matter, and people make drastic decisions under those circumstances. And you could look at the Ukraine war from Putin's side as an example of one of those, one of the, as an example of that type of circumstance, right? What happens if, if the European uh, Union or the globalists or, or the West takes the Ukraine and, and effectively uh, makes the Ukraine a, a stage site for any number of weapons, one potentially being bio, biochemical weapons, um, but but any weapons that they could stage, you know, missiles, or tanks, whatever the case may be, counter surveillance, I don't know. Um, and so Putin invaded. <laughs> I mean, we don't have to go beyond. I mean, we could talk about the Donbass and and how uh, you know sort of radical far right Ukrainians who are in effect white supremacists. I mean, let's just call it what it is. They're flying Nazi Nazi symbols and runes. Nature religionist, pagan religion from that area all through the Eastern Bloc and up into Northern Europe is, you know, it, it's an ideology that was, was fenced and, and spawned in, in the idea of white supremacy. It is what it is. And they were being very brutal in some ways by order of the United States to the Russian-speaking uh, nationals there in, in Eastern Ukraine or in the Donbass area. And now, mind you, if you go back far enough, the Ukraine was Russia. I mean, the capital of Russia, the capital of the Russian Empire was in Kiev. We got to remember that. Historically speaking, the Ukraine has always been a part of Russia. So much so that Kiev, the capital city of the Ukraine, used to, in fact, be the capital of the Russian Empire. It wasn't Moscow. It wasn't Stalingrad. Before that, it was Kiev. And this is the history that, for some reason, we can't talk about anymore without being considered misinformation. I mean, it's right there. It, it, the history is right there for anybody to access. And so that's one of those examples where the distrust reaches a level, uh, the distrust, the, the instability of a person's economy or of a, a leader's economy or of a nation's economy reaches a level where the distrust now starts to fester. So in those two scenarios, scenario A is the nation's economy or nation's economies become so unstable that they go to war. That's scenario A. Two all but inevitable outcomes of a debt society. Scenario A, the debt gets so high between nations that they go to war. Scenario B is the nations or many nations' economies get so unstable that it justifies a recreation or restructure of the entire economic system. Now, in both scenarios, in scenario one, you can see how that type of of scenario where nations' debts get so high that they eventually go to war would also be an opportunity for those who see crisis as an opportunity, which history is littered with. And there are people who openly say, who have openly said, hey, never let a good crisis go to waste. Go look it up for yourself. I don't need to say names. Never let a good crisis go to waste. Hey, and that person wasn't the first person to think of it. I guarantee you that. And so, War, while a natural, a natural sort of inevitable outcome um, or nearly inevitable outcome 
of a debt society also could have a manufactured outcome of, of war. And in that manufactured outcome of war, you have interested parties, people who benefit, who see opportunity in crisis, who can attach or, or restructure or recreate uh, society or redraw the lines of society or the monetary system as they see fit. And we know this because it already happened once, right? This isn't speculation. This, this, this isn't conjecture. This is a historical fact. This is exactly what we're living under now. We are living under the recreated and restructured monetary system and policy of World War II, of the post-World War II Democratic Liberal Order, Bretton Woods Conference. They just had another Bretton Woods recently. And the Bretton Woods Conference is what led to the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank and what now is the World Economic Forum and so on and so forth. These are the agencies. These are the, these are the international monetary agencies that govern over the money at a geopolitical level, not a national level, above the pay grade of the United States Congress, above the pay grade of the people who are voting there in D.C. And so the people there in D.C. have grown comfortable thinking, hey, Whoa, 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 why do we need to stop what we're doing? They're going to keep giving us money no matter what. And they may keep giving you money. And they may keep giving you money and continuing to tell you that the debt has grown. And then when the debt gets too big, in scenario B, it justifies a recreating and restructure of the entire monetary system. And in that restructuring, in that recreation of the monetary system, offers the opportunity to attach, to attach to it, new economy, to attach to it um, more economic malfeasance and, in worst case scenario, all out economic tyranny. And that's what Matt Gates is saying. He's saying, wait, 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 wait a second. Not only is it just improper for us to put our citizens in debt, not only is it improper for us to spend, we, we, we have a fiduciary responsibility to the American people as Congress and the Senate. Not, not only that, but there's a huge, there's a huge, huge exposure here to foreign influence, to, to uh, you know, malicious actors, uh, bad hombres out there, as the great Steve Bannon would call them. There's a huge, huge exposure here for the entire American society when we allow this debt to be connected to this globalized economy. And we have a globalized economy. And in that way, the debt is even more dangerous. If we were a singular nation that was self-sufficient and we had a debt, uh, that would be one thing. But we have uh, an exorbitant amount of debt and a completely globalized economy, and it was globalized intentionally. In fact, you could say the great, the great evil and wickedness of Henry Kissinger and, and Zygmunt Brzezinski in this entire post-World War II democratic liberal order was to destabilize America as a, as, as a, a, a dominant power on the world stage. Because how can you have a global governance if America is truly sufficient and, and independent? You can't. You really can't. You know, what you can do is you can co-opt America, who was a young nation, you know, during World War II, and you can make your foreign policy their foreign policy. And that's exactly what happened. The European finocchios, the European intellectuals who believed in Mackinder's, uh, you know, land theory and, and, you know, the world island theory and 
and he who owns the heartland, uh, you know, controls the Eurasian landmass and all these things. These European intellectuals and finocchios made our foreign policy their foreign policy. And we've become Atlanticists and we've become a globalized economy when we didn't need to be. And now our congressmen and women are being told the story. Many of them, I believe, are being genuinely told the story that this debt continues to rise. Don't worry. Help is on the way. We'll find a solution. Technology will be the solution. And that is the real pitch here. Don't be mistaken. When they kick the can down the road over the long haul, maybe not right now, they're not saying, hey, in 90 days, technology will give us the answer. But over the course of time, as we've continued to kick the can down the road, our our belief is that science and technology will eventually solve these things. But there's, there's no evidence that they will solve things for the better. And that's what Matt Gates is saying, is there's a huge exposure here. As we build this debt, unnecessarily in many ways, we also build the ability for our enemies, people who are enemies to freedom, to, to, to weaponize the debt against us. I hope I explained that well enough. And in effect, here, unironically, I would say, here we have both scenarios playing out simultaneously. I mean, these people are wicked smart. These people are wicked smart in a, in a debt society. The near inevitable scenarios, the two nearly inevitable scenarios are you accrue so much debt, nations start to, uh, de nations, economies start to destabilize. They become untrusting, distrusting of one another, and they go to war. And scenario B is the debt becomes so much and the economy so unstable that it justifies a recreation and restructuring of the entire monetary policy. We have both things happening simultaneously. And I guess you could say the third all but inevitable outcome in a debt society is that the people who hold the debt, the people who brokered the debt, are smart enough to run both scenarios congruent and make them seem like they're organic. That's who we're dealing with here. And even if we're not dealing with somebody that sophisticated, somebody that intelligent, somebody with that much foresight, somebody who is that clever, even if we're not dealing with that, as a nation, we should assume that we are. Because that's the way our founding fathers thought. The people who wrote that Constitution, the people who wrote the Declaration of Independence, the people who wrote the Bill of Rights, they thought with that type of, with that type of foresight. They didn't start from the best case scenario and work their way out. They started from the worst case scenario and worked their way in. And today our founding fathers and those founding documents are considered conspiracy theory. Not only are they considered a, a, a product, a, a, you know, solely the product of white supremacy and, and white tyrannical patriarchy, but they're all but effectively considered conspiracy theory. They're not conspiracy theory. They're theories about people who could conspire. And it's warning citizens that you should always be vigilant and mindful of the potentiality of, of conspiracy, genuine conspiracy. Why? Because they witness conspiracy. I mean, our founding fathers came from a Europe where there were, cons there were uh, monarchical uh, conspiracies between nations, between bloodlines, between uh, 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 faith institutions. There were genuine conspiracies, and they had, they had 
real ramifications, real consequences. Nothing's changed today. Society's only grown. The population's only grown. Harder to see, harder to keep track of, harder to keep accounting of. And that's not a pitch for a, a, a depopulation or, or an anti-human sort of sentiment. I'm just telling you the, the God's honest truth that if we accept our founding documents and the, and the logical, the, the logical, um, the logical first principles of, of, of starting from the worst case scenario and hoping for the best, if we accept that at the time when it was written, why would we reject it now? It's only gotten harder uh, to, to, to see, uh, you know, the, the, the man behind the curtain, the wicked players, the, the people who are malicious and, 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 and uh, corrupt. It's, it's, it's only become harder to see them. It's only become harder to see those people. So why would we be less open to a vigilant sort of citizenship? We should be vigilant. Of course we should be vigilant. Of course. I mean, what, what, there's, not even a, there's not even a pitch why we shouldn't be vigilant. Give me a good pitch. I mean, somebody out there, please, one of you leftists, one of you MSNBC cucks, Morning Joe, Cuck Joe, Morning Mika, please tell me how you can possibly, possibly suggest that with how big the American, uh, the, the American society has gotten, how big the global society has gotten, how big the American government has gotten, how big global and, and, and transnational corporations or, or organizations or institutions have gotten. Tell me how we should be less vigilant today. I mean, because when you call people conspiracy theorists or tinfoil hat uh, quacks or, or whatever, you're, you're really saying, in effect, you're being way too vigilant. That's what you're saying. Tell me. You drop it in the comments. How do you justify this? And in your mind, I mean, I, I know how you justify it, Mika. Because your, your daddy Zigbin used daughter, you know how the whole deal works. That's your whole role is to make it seem like it's all tinfoil hat conspiracy. That's why they gave you the job. And they gave you a cuck who knows exactly who you are and what you're meant to do. And he's there to play the supporting cast. Probably doesn't even like women. Wouldn't surprise me. Probably likes to watch. Probably likes to watch black guys. None of this would surprise me. None of it would shock me. I know it may be shocking and, and you know, R-rated to some of you out there, but this is the reality. I mean, there's a reason why these people are pro-LGBTQIA plus LMNOP. There is a reason. It's not because they care about the prosperity and well-being of trans black men who are almost but surely, you know, going to contract uh, HIV over the course of their lifetime. I mean, that's, that's a reality. 50% chance, lifetime, 50% lifetime risk for gay black men to contract HIV. And the Morning Mika's and Morning Joe's will tell you, hey, 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 we want to offer you pharmaceuticals to prevent you from getting HIV. Not we want to deal with the underlying mental illness that is statistically there. I mean, statistically speaking, people who are gay and lesbian and, and, and all of these other, uh, you know, sexual orientations, self-report adolescent and childhood sexual abuse at a disproportionate rate, don't they? Don't they report having struggles with mental health? And that's self-reported. Oh, oh, they want to say, oh, oh, we've convinced them that their, that their mental health is being affected by bullying and bullying alone. It's nothing about themselves. 
Nothing about their own internal psychology. Okay, that's a racket. My point is, these people know exactly how the system works. Some of our people, our fellow men and women in Congress, do not know how the system works. They are the useful idiots. But we all seem to think that they run the country because they're supposed to run the country, but they're not running the country. And that's why Matt Gates is an American hero. They are supposed to be running the country, but they are not running our country. It's very, very clear. Right now, in the two scenario, the two all but, all but inevitable scenarios of a debt society, these people who are way above the pay grade of the United States Congress are running both scenarios simultaneously. We are hurling ourselves to towards World War III, hurling ourselves towards World War. I mean, just, just you know, reckless abandon towards World War with Russia. And maybe China, or maybe a combination of the two, you know. Three-player jump ball, World War, all-out kinetic war. We're just hurling towards it. And at the same time, here comes the central bank digital currency. Central bank digital currency, and even more, even more, even more so than the central bank digital currency is the entire idea of the fourth industrial revolution and this sort of e-commerce takeover. The Internet of Things, automation, robotics, uh, biometric payment, uh, payment processors, the whole nine. You know, you want to go to Lund's and, and get a, 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 you know, a piece of uh, whole fruit, you know, an apple. You want to go to Lund's and get an apple. We need your biometric fingerprint, right? Restructuring, recreation of the entire system, the Great Reset. So we can choose war or we can choose the Great Reset. Well, in some cases, one precludes, precludes the other. One precedes the other. That's what we're looking at now. That's the case I make in my letter. I just put the Congress right on front street. Hey, maybe you know, maybe you don't. Maybe you're ignorant to it. Maybe you're in on it. Time will tell. But that's why we have to go on the record, and I'm so glad that Matt Gates is willing to go on the record and say that and, and, and explain this. Now, he didn't go into it in depth like I did, but he made the basic statement, hey, we can't keep spending like this. I mean, you know, Matt is much nicer about it than I would be even. I mean, he's as hard as they come in, in the Congress, no doubt. He's as hard as they get right now that we have right now in the America First movement. But he's much, much nicer than these people. He gives them, he, he gives them a lot of the benefit of the doubt, and they try and make him seem like an extremist, which is so strange because I'm way more extreme. When I get to the Senate, I, I, I couldn't imagine what they're going to call me. But again, the Matt Gates of the world, the Steve Bannons of the world, the Donald Trumps of the world, they are thinking more in alignment with our founding fathers, and it has nothing to do with race or racism or slavery or segregation. It has to do with starting from the worst-case scenario and slowly working yourself back to hoping for the best. That's what we have to do. That's, that, that's prudent. That's smart. The worst case scenario is we are living under an elite that is so, so big, so grand, so wicked and corrupt. They are running a two scenario pilot on us right now simultaneously because we live under the debt.
that they hold. $172 trillion in unfunded liabilities here in the United States. $32 trillion national debt. Four, those are baby numbers. I mean, those are, those are, just, the starter, those are just the starter numbers. <clears throat> Four quadrillion dollars in global bank debt. Four quadrillion dollars in global bank debt. We live in a bank society. How do we have that much debt? Tell me. I mean, somebody out there, drop it in the comments. How do we have four quadrillion dollars in global bank debt? I mean, you just can't make it. You you can't you can't make it make sense. Four quadrillion dollars. Remember, a million dollars in one hundred dollar bills is as tall as a chair, stacked on top of each other's. A billion dollars is as tall as the tallest building on Earth. A trillion dollars would reach the space station. A quadrillion dollars, four quadrillion dollars in debt, global bank debt. We live in a debt society. That's the reality. We live in a debt society. And let me tell you how they justify the debt society. Oh, this is the wickedness of the scam. Ooh, this is grimy. This is as dirty as it gets. The way they justify the scam is by using the American military, right? Because, I mean, the American military is really the cornerstone of the whole deal, which is why a lot of the politicians, Amy Klobuchar, for example, went out of her way to make sure that you knew that her support of the continue, the continued spending is explicitly linked to our support of the Ukraine. I mean, it's not a coincidence, right? The military is the cornerstone of the entire scam. The scam, the economic scam is the entire, is the cornerstone of New World Order. And the military, or, or military in general, as, as an institution, is the cornerstone of the economic Ponzi scheme. Ponzi scheme is the cornerstone of the New World Order. Military is the cornerstone of the Ponzi scheme. Got that? The military is an interesting, an interesting uh, institution. Interesting institution, but even more interesting financial mechanism. The military is a financial instrument. I love when people talk about our national interests. We protect our national interests here, our national interests there. There are no national interests. The national interest is the military itself. What we're protecting is our presence there because our presence there is explicitly linked to the U.S. dollar. And you could make an argument that as long as our military is large and in charge, that our dollar is safe. But at the same time, it isn't. Because if the military has, if, the, if our military, if our people, the will of our people, represented through our Congress, through our elected officials, still believe in the system, then our military becomes strapped to that same system. How are you going to buy shells? How are you going to buy ammunition? How are you going to buy the metals needed to, you know, make tanks or, or the, the, 
the boats needed to, to, to secure F-16s or, or whatever the case may be. How can you buy those things if you're bankrupt? Your money's no good, right? And in this way, you know, our elected officials, our, our uh, corporatocracy, our, our international uh, economic elites are pushing America to a sort of pirate state. Because I guarantee you, when the time comes, and it'll probably never come because they know this is a reality, there'll be some, we're under a soft coup, there'll be some deal cut in the end that prevents this from happening because, hey, that's what's reasonable and logical to do. But I guarantee you, before we, the American people, we, America as a nation, and more importantly as a military, lose our dog bowl on the, on the global stage, we will come and take your shit. We've already been doing it. We've shown, the, we've shown the, the, the proclivity to do it. Before we go without, we will come and take your shit. Drugs, slavery, piracy. That's what Matt Gates is saying. He's saying, be smarter than this. Don't let them, don't let them push us into this type of desperation. Because when you get drawn into those desperate waters, the options become limited. We're already in desperate waters. We're already in deep, dark, desperate waters in this war with Russia. There's no way out. There's really no way out but a strong president who's willing to go up there on the podium and say, you know what? Enough is enough. We're done with this. We're done. It doesn't matter whose hand we shook. No man, We're done with this. This is not logical. This is not sane. This is not reasonable or rational. We're done with this. That's what could that's what could could get us out of this. These people don't these people are tripling down. They're going to send your money to the Ukraine until the American dollar is completely and utterly bankrupt on paper. On paper. And then when it's bankrupt on paper and they can no longer pay the $2 trillion a year from the budget for the military or the $2 trillion a year for the medical industrial complex, also known as the mad scientists, when they can't pay or, or can't, can't, can't come up with the $4 trillion or square the $4 trillion for those two industrial complexes, somebody's getting their shit taken. Now, it may be some other country. It may be some banana republic with some precious natural resource that they can siphon off to, 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 you know, to square the circle, to dot the I's and cross the T's, maybe. Or maybe they just start to restrict your movement. Because if they can restrict your movement, they can better predict the, the production and consumption of human energy. If they can slowly but surely start to restrict your movement, they can better ration their need to go and fight or take somebody else's resources to accommodate. And it's not just going to happen here. It's going to happen all around the world. We're going to restructure the entire, we're going to restructure and recreate the whole system, the Great Reset. This is the genius of the World Economic Forum. I mean, why do you think it's the World Economic Forum? The entire premise of the World Economic Forum, the entire 
premise of Bretton Woods Conference and the International Monetary Fund and World Bank, central bank digital currency, the, 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 the central banking system, the whole idea is we're going to take every fucking thing that isn't tied down. They're bank robbers. They're bandits. These people are mafia. We're going to take every single thing that isn't tied down, and when the people get wise to it and we can't take any more, the last effort, the last Hail Mary is to restrict their movement. Restrict, get them so bought in, get them so high, get them so distracted, get them so caught up in cultural wedge issues that they're not paying attention to the economic Ponzi scheme because, A, it sort of benefits them in many ways. We're going to get them, we're going we're gonna to get them to voluntarily restrict their own movement. You're going to beg for tyranny. Yeah, you, you're going to ask for it. You're going to beg for tyranny. Virus. War. Cost of living. You're going to beg for martial law. You're going to beg for martial law. You're going to beg for vaccines. You're going to beg for universal basic income. And that was the whole idea. That was the whole plan. You all think this is new. And Mika Brzezinski and, and, Morning, and, and Morning Cuck Joe, they can go fuck themselves three ways to Sunday. It takes nothing for a young, young, ambitious, militant, national, nationalist populist, smash mouth nationalist populist, to go and listen to Herman Kahn. Go listen to Herman Kahn. He talked about the evolution of technology as a means to do just this. Exactly what I'm saying. They're going to make you beg for tyranny. You'll beg for vaccines when the viruses get bad enough. You'll beg for martial law when the war breaks out. You'll beg for universal basic income when a loaf of bread costs $100. Yeah, we'll restructure the entire economy. We'll restructure the debt. We'll consolidate America's debt. But it's going to come at a cost. And the cost is... Uh, we, we're going to go from a loaf of bread costing $100 because the system got so out of whack to you having to put your fucking thumbprint on a buyer lease, a Lunds or buyer lease, Whole Foods, to get a fucking apple. Are you comprehending why Matt Gates is an American hero? Are you getting it? They're going to use financial instability to justify new world order. He knows it. He may not say it that way, but he knows it. He's saying it without saying it. He's saying it so you fucking jerk-offs can't tune out when Morning Mika comes on and, and, and chills for her daddy, Zygbin U. Brzezinski, who's talking through her from the grave. This is the reality. This is, what, this is what's going on here. They are lining up the pieces to make you beg for tyranny. And the economic Ponzi scheme is numero uno on the list because everybody believes in the money. First, you build a money society. Then you believe, then you have a culture and a populace that believes in the money. They believe in the debt. There is no debt. There, there is no debt. The debt is the who? Who holds the debt? 
There is no debt. If there was a debt, if there was a debt that big, $32 trillion, I mean, I mean, you get calls from bill collectors for a couple hundred. You get calls nonstop from, for bill, from bill collectors for $30. Motherfuckers trying to collect. If there was really a debt of $32 trillion, somebody would be trying to collect. Nobody's collecting. They're all working together to tell you the story of how they're kicking the can down the road because technology is going to solve it. Yeah, it will solve it. The question is, what is it going to do for you? That's the scary part. Don't get me wrong. The technology will solve the, the, the global solvency issue of the banks for them. But what will it do for you? Who will you become? How will you live in their solution? You, Noah Yuval Harari already told you, if you're not capable of creating human beings in the near future, you're going to be obsolete. There's going to be a very few, there's going to be a, a very small number of people who actually get into the business of manufacturing human beings and robots, and those people aren't going to need you. They're going to, they're going to have clones and robots. <laughs> if they can clone chicken, how long do you think before they can clone people? They're, they, already, they already can grow an embryo. They can already grow an embryo in the Petri dish from the stem cells. You people aren't getting it? When they can grow a full, when they can, when they can grow a full functioning human being without two people, without two parents who has no rights, who's considered proprietary technology, when they have human beings that are considered proprietary technology, what do you think is going to happen to you? This is why they're trying to get rid of the Constitution. Once they have those type of abilities, once they have that up and running, the only thing is to get rid of you. Because you're, you're the last thing that remembers any, any, uh, has any memory of human rights. You think the clones are going to have human rights? Do you think clones are going to have human rights? Give me a fucking break. So, yeah, the Uniparty has it right. They have it so right, they don't even know how right they are. Some of them. Some of them don't even know how right they are. Yes. Yes, the highest level of economic elites in this country and all around the world can continue to kick the can, can continue to pass the buck and wait for technology to solve these issues. The question is, what will the solution mean for you? It will solve the issue for them. It will make them whole again. It will make them whole on a debt and an interest and, 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 a, and, and a spreadsheet that, that the American people and the people all around the world can never pay back. It'll make them whole again. What will it do to you? And as far as America goes, I mean, the global to the local, as far as America goes, isn't it strange? Isn't it strange to hear black women like Yolanda What's her name? Yolanda, uh, let me get the right name for you. I don't want to misspeak here. 
Let me get the right name. Just one moment. Yolanda. Um, let me. What? What? What's somebody in the? Oh, Shalanda Young. That's her name. Shalanda. I'm sorry. Shalanda Young. Isn't it strange to see a black woman? A black woman who's at least 50, 60 pounds overweight. It matters. It matters. Matters. Impulse, impulse problems. Isn't it strange to see a black woman go up on the podium and shill for the continuance of this economic Ponzi scheme at the behest of economic elites and justify it by saying we would lose 12,000 FBI agents and 1,000 ATF agents and and blah, blah, blah. I mean, just going right up on the podium and, and explaining and justifying the continuance of this economic Ponzi scheme through the same system of the same government that they say is guilty as hell. The whole system is guilty. The whole system is riddled with white supremacy. But you're willing to maintain and preserve an economic Ponzi scheme to save that institution and their expansion. Because it's not just saving the institution. What they're really talking about is the, the perpetual expansion of the government. And that's how they got all of us roped in. That's where we have to, that's where we have to mature, have to grow up, have to evolve in our idea and mindset around citizenship. We have to evolve our expectations around leadership leaders who are going to make hard decisions because right now everybody who gets everybody who gets their beak wet from this leviathan federal government everybody who gets their beak wet gets gets the, they get a uh, they get guilted into into becoming party into being party to the scam Oh, we can't shut down the government. If we shut down the government, what about all the government employees? What about the guys who mopped the hallways in D.C.? That's what Shalonda Young came on there and said, I see people in this building every day who need their paycheck. People who wash the bathrooms and, and people who work on the, the fucking furnace and whatever else. People who just keep the records and answer the phones. Very basic jobs. The workers, the workers, the workers. I love the working man as, no, as much as the next person. The entire nationalist populist movement was, was really founded on an ideology that prioritizes and places a premium on the working class. Absolutely. And this is how smart these people are. They're going to use the working class and the vulnerability of the working class to make us all party to the bigger scam. We can't shut down the government. Just too many people attached to it now. And it's going to expand. We're going to continue to make the government bigger. The government's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Until eventually, there'd be nobody in their right mind and their sane, logical, reasonable, or, or, you know, humanitarian mind that would ever suggest any shrinkage of the federal government that would never suggest any, any pushback or peelback of the federal government. None. None. Why? Everybody's party to it. 
It's not just the people that work for the federal government. It's people who get federal money. All the black women, you're in. Welfare state. You know if the government shuts down, plenty of single mothers aren't going to have their government programs. You're, you're, in, you're in on the scam. Roped you in. And we're the extremists. You fail to see when your two-party system comes together in grand fashion and this uniparty, uniparty, uniparty Beetlejuice monster puts aside all cultural wedge issues to agree on the money. To agree on the money. You fail to see that. And I'm the extremist. I'm the sellout. I'm the Uncle Tom or the coon. I'm tap dancing. Or are you taking, or are you turning the other cheek? Are you turning a blind eye so that you can get your beak wet? So that you can get a piece of the action? I'm sick of it. I don't give a, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck what you call me. I don't give a fuck what you say because I can see it with so much clarity. I mean, when you see it with this level of clarity, you just go forward and say it like it is, and you're willing to die for it. Because there's nothing else to, 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 to not say it is, 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 a, is a level of, of dishonesty and disingenuous, disingenuousness, disingenuousness so high that you can't live with yourself. The word got me there, the, you know, disingenuous, disingenuousness. To be disingenuous, it's so disingenuous <laughs> that you can't live with yourself if you go along with the scam. You can't live with yourself anymore. I mean, you just can't. And that that that's the level we're at. That's the level we're at. I mean, come on. The the Republicans and the Democrats putting on this, this, this kabuki theater putting on this theater there in D.C. all the time around these cultural wedge issues, put black versus white, red versus blue, man versus woman, Christian versus Drew, Jew versus Muslim, all so they can make off with the green. And that's what it is. That's the three-card Monty. I said it before. I'll say it again. If you've been watching me since the beginning of my time on Fearless with Jason Whitlock or my time on War Room with Steve Bannon, who I want to send a special shout out to the entire War Room team, the War Room, po the War Room Posse, all of you out there who are in the posse, the War Room audience, Grace Chong, Maureen Bannon, the great Admiral Steve Bannon, you know, on Alex Jones. I've been saying it since the beginning. The three-card Monty is pit black versus white and make off with the green. And what are they doing now? What are you seeing now more than ever? I mean, more than ever, there is a black, white, racial narrative and, and cultural impulse building in this country. I mean, it's building up. You can just see it. You can, you can feel it. You can hear it. You can see that's how the narrative is being drawn. There is a racial divide being manufactured in this country so profound that it has real-life consequences. It has real-life ramifications, which, makes it, which is meant to make it seem like it's not manufactured. I mean, that's kind of the whole point. You see a black guy shoot a white, white guy or a white guy shoot a black guy, it's intended to make it feel like it's not manufactured, but it's manufactured. It's manufactured, and they're stealing all the money from the coffers. In fact, there is no money in the coffers. They're writing IOU. Let me tell you how wild this shit really is. <laughs> 
I just want to. I just. I just want to tell you how wild this shit really is. Why Matt Gates is such a hero. <laughs> Imagine this, because you you'll hear a lot of people like on MSNBC and CNN and some of these other, some of these other uh, puppet puppet uh, media outlets. You, you'll hear you'll you'll hear them. You'll hear them. You will hear them. And here, uh, these politicians, as well, the puppet politicians, uh, you'll hear them talk about the full faith and credit of the American people. Everybody's talking about that now. Oh, we, we can't be insolvent. We can't default on the debt. It'll destroy the full faith and credit of the American people. The American people, the American people. The full faith and credit. Well, let's talk about credit. <laughs> I mean, imagine. Imagine I call you up on the phone. I'm a telemarketer. Imagine I call you up. I cold call you in the middle of the day and say, hey, I'm a credit repair specialist. I do credit repair. Here's a few things I can do for you. Of course, for a small nominable fee. Here's a few things I can do for you. I can go through your credit report. I can go and, and get things expunged that have expired or have been paid back. I can go and, and, and investigate any inquiries that may not be legitimate. Uh, I can consolidate your debt and I can help get you signed up for new credit cards to help rebuild uh, your, your credit health. And for all of that, for all of that, all I ask is, is for a small fee. I'll take my fee. But I'd also ask that you get me a credit card in your name. Just get me a credit card in your name that I can use personally. That's the scam here. That's what's being run on you. When they say the full faith and credit of the American people, it's not the full faith and credit of the American people that's in danger. It's the full faith and credit of the American government. <laughs> now, you can make the argument, and I say in my letter to the Congress, you can make the argument, and I guess in a technical sense, it, it would be accurate, um, that we elected these the American government, the people did. The American people elected this American government. So if the American government uh, is insolvent or defaults on the debt, then that would be a reflection or indictment of the American people because we chose them to represent us. And that would be accurate. But it's not lost on me and it's not lost on many of you. I would assume that, that it's, it's the, the level the level of miseducation and mis misinformation and misleading manipulation around economic policy is so profound, many people don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about today. They don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about right now. I spent about an hour, almost an hour and a half, I believe, and, and, and 85 to 90% of American citizens don't even have a clue what the fuck I'm talking about. I say fractional reserve, bank, re, fractional reserve banking, and only a handful of people on mass, on average, are going to know what I'm talking about. I talk about being a debt society versus an equity society. Only a handful of people are going to know what the fuck I'm talking about. So again, you know, when you, is it by accident that there's no there's no real economic literacy taught in the schools? Is it by accident that that uh, a mandatory part of the curriculum 
uh, of your formative education is that you have a basic understanding of how the American economy works, how economics work globally. I mean, if we're going to live in a completely globalized economy, shouldn't a mandatory part of your education, your formative education, be how, how economics work, how money works? Is it by accident that they don't teach you how money works? There's other th few things they don't teach you. They don't teach you how the law works. They don't teach you how litigation works. They don't want you to know that. And they really don't teach you your basic constitutional rights anymore. There's a reason. There's a reason they don't teach you these things. For a time such as this, when they walk around with an with a air of superiority and arrogance about taking your money and telling you that they're doing it in your interest. I mean, imagine, imagine somebody comes to your house every day and steals your shit and says, I'm doing it for your own good. Imagine that. That's what you're living through now. That is what you're living through now, my friends. Fellow Americans, fellow Americans, my dear fellow Americans, if you can hear the sound of my voice, you are living under a government that is coming into your house every single day and stealing your shit and telling you it is for your own good. They come into your house. They walk you to your kitchen. They walk you to your kitchen table. They bend you over your kitchen table. They pull your pants down. They lube up and have their way at your kitchen table in front of your wife and kids, in front of your family. And then they proceed to have their way with your wife and your kids. And this is the kind of system we live under. I mean, honestly, it really is that offensive. It should offend you in that way. If me telling the story in that sort of way, me articulating or illustrating it, illustrating it in that way offends you, the scam should offend you 10 times more because that is what they're doing. They're using you, your loved ones, your spouse, your wife, your girlfriend, your children, hell, your pets. They're using every living thing around you to execute this economic Ponzi scheme. They have no morals. They have no rules. They have no parameters. They will not stop. Yes, they can kick the can down the road. They can, they can run the scam in perpetuity because ultimately the solution of technology will be a solution for them and it'll be a death sentence for you. That's what Matt Gates is telling you. That's what Matt Gates is fighting for. You can make us think Matt Gates is an extremist because he tells you that, the, that Kevin McCarthy made a deal. He made a deal and he's going back on the deal and that the Uniparty's coming together to fund a war in the Ukraine that does not benefit the American people. You think we believe Matt Gates is an extremist for saying that? Now let me show you where the controlled opposition is. The controlled opposition are the House Republicans that go out and say, we want to cut the spending to after-school programs. We want to cut the spending to A, B, C, or D, knowing full well that's just cultural bullshit. And they're there to do it on purpose, too. Even on the farthest of the right. Ooh, the people who claim they're MAGA. 
the MAGA of the MAGAs. You motherfuckers aren't MAGA. Keep it on the rail. Keep it on the tracks. We're not sending money to the Ukraine. End of story. We don't have to talk about after-school programs. We don't have to talk about uh, other programs. We're not sending fucking money to the Ukraine. We're not paying to go to war. We're not paying to create the circumstance to go to all-out war and recreate and restructure the entire monetary system with even more, with even more economic malfeasance and, in the worst case, tyranny. This has been another episode of Please Call Me Crazy. Brought to you by Free People Radio and powered by our favorite sponsor, TireGit.com. You have to buy tires from somebody. You might as well buy them from us, TireGit.com. Help support the movement. We believe in the freedom of movement. And that's exactly what they plan to take from you now. When all the chips are down, when all all fails, the last thing they're going to do, the last play, the last desperation, the last Hail Mary is to restrict your freedom of movement. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, Amazon, iHeartRadio. We're also available on Band.Video. You can watch us on a nightly basis on War Room, War Room's Getter page and Rumble page. You can obviously watch us on YouTube at 9 p.m. Central, all these places at 9 p.m. Central, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, on the usual. But you never know when we have to throw another episode in. We're just living in that crazy of a time. I may actually, I may actually play Planet Lockdown. The, 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 the title of my last substack, not this one that's going to come in the next couple of days, but my last substack, Planet Lockdown, was inspired by the great Catherine Austin Fitz, who is another person who, who speaks in a way where some would say, hey, that's a conspiracy theory, but she's starting from the worst case scenario and working her way back in to, the, to, to hoping for the best. I may, in fact, try, I, I may try and play the, the documentary Planet Lockdown for an entire episode. I may try and do it. I just know YouTube is going to hit me with another strike. And see, this is the this is the modus operandi of tyranny. You know, build up an audience, build a rapport and a relationship with an audience, with your viewers, and you risk it if you play the wrong material. But we might play that on Rumble. We might play that just for the War Room audience. You'll have to go over to Rumble and catch it. You can definitely go listen to it on the audio platforms. And, and Catherine Austin Fitz lays it out pretty, uh, you know, it, Pretty good. Catherine Austin Fitz, well-respected in the economic community. Well-respected. Well, well-respected. Well-credentialized in the economic community. I think she was the director of housing and urban development. HUD. I think that, that was her role. But she's very, very well-respected in the economic community. And Planet Lockdown was the documentary where she laid out how the pandemic set the stage for this global restructuring, this, this, this recreation of the monetary, the, the monetary policy, the monetary system, and the subsequent policy. A nation of shopkeepers fortified by the Second Amendment is a safeguard against economic imperialism. We got to be smart now. And the national debt, the debt, 
is going to eventually be the weapon that makes us beg for tyranny. Do not, do not allow them to trick you into begging for tyranny. That's what a Satanist would want. Beg for the vaccine. The viruses are out of control. Beg for martial law. The war is out of control. The chaos in the streets is out of control. Beg for universal basic income. The cost of living is out of control. Beg for tyranny. We appreciate your viewership and your listenership today and in the future. The fight continues. Don't die a jerk off. And as always, Godspeed.